0: So I got a new Apple product. Oh, you did. Yeah, not the one most people would think of. I got an Apple card. I uh, had a USAA card and a Capital One and I decided to get rid of the Capital One and get the Apple card instead. It's like I like to have two different um, cards, you know, just in case. And oh. the the Apple card had a a better better deal. Plus ah. plus you get a, a they they I haven't gotten it yet. It'll come in the mail this week. An actual titanium card. It looks cool. It's a metal card that doesn't have any numbers on it. it just has my name on it. So uh,
1: I, I have a white apple card.
0: A white apple card.
1: A white apple card. At least you, I think it is. You sure but it's I, not I, I,
0: titanium? I, I, I think they only make well, one.
1: Is that right? Well, yeah. I've never used it. I got it right up front when they had that and, yeah but i've just just don't use it you know yeah
0: well in fact i had it, it i or when they first came out with it i looked at it and it's like no i had as good a deal as as uh you know i mean it, I, there was no reason for me to change you know it's like okay well it's an apple card who cares um but uh um i don't know i got notification and i got like a 75 dollar you know payment to switch from them so i went all right i'll, I'll go ahead and do it <laughs> uh, you know and then well, i looked speaking, I, I looked at the interest and you know there's no annual fee or anything and i was like okay this is a good deal so
1: yeah well anyway uh speaking of good deals mom and i went shopping together yesterday for groceries we haven't we hadn't done it in a long time i yeah. said wow we're just sort of many things you know uh huh anyway we decided to go to food lion which we sell them ever go there. It's across the freeway. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't been there in a long time. Unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of things that we had on our list. Yeah. But the, the real cool thing is we're in line at the cash register and the gal's starting to ring us uh, our stuff up. And another lady comes up behind me and hands me a coupon that says 25% off of your order.
0: Your entire order. Said,
1: My entire order. She said, Uh, I can't use it today, and it's going to expire, you know, before I can get around to it. Would you like to use it? I said, oh, yeah.
0: Holy moly, yeah.
1: Good thing I I read it before it came time to pay because I had to have the special card they have. And it it wasn't in my wallet, but I knew where it was. It was in the car. So I go, Mom, you just stay here, but don't pay until I get back. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I ran out to the car with the scooter. Good thing I didn't get run over in the parking lot. Yeah. uh, You know. Anyway, got the card and zip back in, and just in time to hand it to the gal and uh, get our 25% off. Turns turns out it was uh, 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 $25. Yeah, together.
0: That's significant. A quarter, you know, a quarter yeah. of your price off. That almost puts it back to where it was before uh, the Biden surcharge hit you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and we were. Yeah, and and when we drove up the store, we said, "Oh my gosh, I've got this ten dollars you know coupon over at the Harris Teeter
0: store, right?
1: And I probably sh- probably should have gone there because it's going to expire."
0: Yeah, well, and, you got a better uh, deal.
1: Anyway, this, yeah, this just fell in our lap, you know.
0: Yeah, something yeah. I've been doing at uh, uh, Sam's Club when I go there is now you can have the Sam's Club app and you can use your phone to go through and scan everything as you put it in your cart. And then when you yeah. get up there, instead of getting in line, you just say, well, here's everything that's in my cart, pay for it. And it pays for it, and it gives you a little thing for them to scan as you leave, and you don't have to stand in line. You just scan it as you put it in the cart, and then as you walk out, they scan your phone, and you're like, good to go.
1: Huh? How do they know you've scanned everything in your cart, though?
0: Well, when you walk they out, of, you? When, when you walk out of Sam's Club, the person at the gate always scans your receipt and then randomly scans like three things in your cart. And I uh-huh. think they've done some statistics and said if they randomly scan three things in their cart, they're going to catch the majority of people who have tried to cheat them you know and yeah. and on the when you scan it, it shows up on their thing how many items I'm supposed to have so if it's you know if it says I'm supposed to have three and I obviously have thirty, you know then they know that too
1: oh yeah, yeah. so
0: so it gives them an item count and then they randomly pick three things to scan in and it verifies that against the receipt. So, yeah. you know, that gives it makes it fair enough for them, I mean, you know, so that they are fairly confident that they're not getting ripped off, and it makes it so easy, because one of the worst things about going to a place like Sam's Club or Costco is standing in the ginormous lines to get out of the place. Yeah, right. And so... um at one end of the cash registers, they literally have this little, like, gateway that's got a special light on it, like, you know, from heaven above that says, you know, <laughs> quick scan members, you know, scan and go, I think is what they call it, scan and go. And so... Well, if, uh, catch,
1: if, if that catches on, that'll be a long line, though. I will have to open up more.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they, literally, it's just a gateway you walk through. You don't stop, whereas everywhere else, you have to stop yeah. and scan your crap. And they even got it set up so that they, they have a... Uh, you, they get mad at you if you don't take stuff out of your cart scan it and then put it into the cart that's waiting for you so you're supposed to move it from cart to cart and then walk out with the new cart and 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 then the one that was yours they clean and then turn around for the next person and uh you know sometimes like especially if i'm buying like you know uh a crate of water or soda or something, a, you know, a, a, I don't want to pick that crap up and move it back and forth because you're picking it up and turning and twisting to set it down in the next box. It's like, screw, screw that. I can take the little hand thing goes, go, scan my entire cart and then push it out. I don't have yeah. to move things back and forth. And I, I do that, you know, unless, unless somebody comes over and tells me, you have to move it over here. And then I look at them and say, then you move it. I've got a bad back. I'm not picking all this crap up again.
1: Uh, i i don't i don't get that part of it because I, that's what the cashier does
0: well very I, I, I this is at the uh the self checkout that's that was the previously best option before you could just scan and go yeah. yeah i i mean you can go stand in the big lines when and have somebody else check you out but you know then you have to take it out of your cart and put it on the little conveyor belt for them to then scan and put into a new cart and it's like why would I stand in a line for somebody to do that when when I can go to the self checkout and they give you a little hand scanner and you can literally scan everything I can scan everything so much faster than their cashier can it and, yeah. you know it was like why on earth would I ever go and usually I'm not buying five hundred dollars worth of stuff there you know i mean i if I walk out with you know fifteen items, that's a decent day for me you know I don't go there and shop I go there and buy the things that I come there to buy. And I know what those things are and I, you know, occasionally I will, you know, glance at a few other things along the way, but I'm not a, I'm not a browsing through to see what I can find kind of guy.
1: Well, anyway, the reason we ended up at Food Lion is that I was mad at the Harris Teeter app because uh, the day before I was going to order and go pick up the the order, you know, just uh, at the special express lot. And. When I got done with the order, something went wrong with the app, and it lost my entire order. Uh, I mean, I had worked an hour on this thing. Yeah. And, and, and of course, there I wouldn't have missed anything because I'd put it in on myself, you know? Right. So that that's a lot of work, and that should never have happened.
0: No, that's, that's unforgivable, <laughs> you, know, yeah. it, it, you know? You know, you— There's, I mean, there's, as a developer, you know, you, you could say, well, there's, you know, things beyond your control, right? I mean, it may not have been the app. It may have been something flaky with the phone or the, you know, the OS blinked or whatever. It, you know, weird stuff can happen. But, yeah. But, uh, but still, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. And that's like the hugest. And a lot, they lost a transaction, right? Because of it. Yep. So. Oh,
1: yeah. They they lost a. you know, several yeah. hundred dollar sale.
0: Now, I'm not familiar with Food Lion. That's not a chain that's on this coast. Is that a um, one of, the, like, discount food stores?
1: Oh, no. They're a major grocery on the East
0: Coast. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: they, Publix, and Harris Teeter are the main
0: gotcha. uh, stores well, in, I've in been, our area. When I've been back and there went, visiting, I've been to Publix and I've been to Harris Teeter. I've never been to a Food Lion.
1: Well, that's because it's across the freeway, so it's a little further away. Uh-huh. Uh, what I liked about them is uh, although it, uh, their store looks a bit more cluttered, it's because they carry more different things. It's they mm-hmm. usually, usually they have everything, but the problem is because the, it, it, their store isn't big enough, uh, they don't have that many of each item, you know, and so they'll be out of one particular brand or some, something you're looking for, like Ovaltine, you know, they had every possible thing you can add mm-hmm. to your milk, you know, Except Ovaltine, but that's what I wanted, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, it, it's a store that I kind of like just uh, to shop in.
0: Ovaltine. Uh,
1: yeah. It's funny,
0: you know, that's not, I mean, Ovaltine's been around for years and years, and yet it's, you know, it's not had the popularity of like Nestle's Quick or something like that overall.
1: That's That's right, yeah and And maybe they didn't even really care. I didn't look for you know, but I did see there's some empty spaces. I didn't look at the tags to see what they were, but anyway we we got home with and and had to write down the things that we didn't get and it was quite mm-hmm. a few items, so
0: yeah, well, you know how it is too you um you if you shop one place, you get used to what they have, and so you go someplace else, they probably have alternatives, but if you're not used to that, that's not what you want. Right. Well, the Uh other
1: disadvantage is you forget where they are if you haven't been there in a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, heaven forbid, they rearrange the store. Boy, I hate it when stores do that.
1: Yeah. Well, Mom had never been to this place before, so she was totally lost. Yeah. You
0: know? But, uh...
1: Anyway, I'm not so sure we're going to go back, but we got a good deal because of some generous customer. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, maybe go back and see
0: if you can find somebody else to give you a 25% off coupon. That was, I mean, that's phenomenal. That's a a big discount. I I can't see, I don't see how they can, you know, make money if that, you know, they can't let that, they don't do that often, you know. (laughs) No,
1: and and it was probably for just a limited time and they mailed it only to their, what they call the MVP card holders, you know. Right. Very special people, or I don't know what that stands for. Yeah, but,
0: you've dropped a, a huge chunk of change with us in the past, and so we're going to, you know, show you that right. we want you to stay with us, right? That kind of thing.
1: Well, well I think they lose uh, customers to Harris Teeter because Harris Teeter gives you gas credit, and gas is high now, so that right how it helps.
0: Right. So, well, I remember you you used to you had so many of the cards. You know, it was sort of like, hey, I'll sell them to you at the discount because I could use them turns out that, you know, I think yours were BP cards, and BP owned Arco, so I could go to the Arcos out here. So I bought a few cards from you. Yeah. You know, that you were able so. to get at Harris Teeter. It was like 40 bucks for a $50 card, so you get $10 off. That makes gas somewhat tolerable. I filled yeah. my tank last night. It was $5.69. Wow. <laughs> I filled, filled the tank for Elaine. I On Sundays when I go to bowling, I usually drive the Mazda, which is her daily drive right now. You and said $5. 50, yeah, $5.59 is what I paid for a gallon of gas.
1: Oh, a gallon. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, it cost me 90 bucks to fill that tank last night.
1: Well, we're just a little over $4 now. Yeah.
0: Well, realize $0.45 cents of that is California taxes. Yep. There's been talk of temporarily rolling back those taxes, but I haven't seen it happen yet, so we'll see. Yeah. You know, the California was, uh, believe it or not, actually had a surplus, and there had been talk prior to, to you know, the inflation hitting us so hard, there had been talk about a rebate check being issued to Californians because there was a surplus. And so um, now they're saying, well, instead of doing a rebate check, what they're talking about doing is like, you know, rolling back the taxes for a period of time and then using the surplus to to make sure that they have enough revenue. And that way, you know, they'll immediately drop the cost of gas for everybody. Um, which, you know, it's, it's six of one half dozen of the other, but essentially what that does is it gives the rebate to people who drive, you know, if you're, you know, at the low end of the income scale and you, and you take, um, public transit, then you wouldn't get any break. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, I'm not a politician. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure which is the right way to handle that, but, um, you know, ideally the right way to handle it is to stop the inflation by making some better fiscal choices, but that doesn't seem to be the choice that our government wants to take right now. No. So, anyway, let's talk some tech. Turns out oh, you hey. and I were right. We're geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. Apple's M1 Ultra. Uh, you found an article by Phil uh, film. Philip Elmer Dewitt, has been in the in the biz for a long, long time, he published it on the 11th of March, and he said it's not two chiplets stuck together, but one huge chip, which that means it has much lower yields because you know it's got lots and lots more moving parts and pieces, and then they basically hack it in half to make an M1 Max. So the Ultra is the chip, and that's probably how they that's how they've been making it the entire time is they've been making that's these right. Ultras right. and then cutting them in half. And and apparently the one of the places that has the lowest yield is the GPUs, which is the reason that Apple sells a um, a 24 and a, a and a th- was it a 16 a 24 and a 32-bit version of of is it 16? I'm I'm not even I maybe have that wrong with the with the um, uh, with the Max right, and then the Ultra is twice that, and that is yeah. because they are uh, basically saying well. You know, if not all of the GPUs work, then we'll just shut them down. We'll shut down X amount of them and sell it as a 24 GPU unit. Uh, if they all yeah. work, we'll sell it as a 32 GPU unit. Uh, and and then you know, if they both if they all work on both halves, then we'll sell it at the whole chip as an M1 Ultra instead of an M1 Max.
1: Yeah, and for our listeners that aren't uh, uh, accustomed to hearing talking about if they don't work, the yeah. whole business of uh, of electronic part production has to do with statistics of uh, yield yield meaning that uh, yeah. every chip goes through tests immediately to see what's worth keeping yeah and in the case of this ultra you basically have two major parts that are just the,
0: uh, the m1 one max each other. yeah
1: yeah that, So if you cut them in two you'd end up with two m1 maxes but mm-hmm. all along they of course you don't want to do that because we didn't know about the things designed to work together as an ultra. So right. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that, and that was cool for Apple to be doing that for a year so that they built up a store of, uh, of the ultras ultras that worked before yeah. they made their announcement of a computer using it. Otherwise, yeah. uh, they wouldn't have been able to probably, uh, make enough parts. Yeah. yeah.
0: So and, and to be and to clarify, I'm just double checking here. I looked and it's you can get a 24 GPU M1 Max or a 32 M1 uh 32 GPU M1 Max. And the uh that's the number of cores. And then the ultra doubles that to either 48 or 64. So what happens is is they don't make an M1 Max chip. What they do is they make an ultra chip and then if one half of the ultra chip has some gpus cores that aren't fully functioning they will uh scale down the number of they'll just you know through software or through through hardware on the chip by you know breaking a few um uh connections say okay this is now a 24 core gpu instead of a 32 core gpu so you know, if it has 32 cores and say um, 30 of them work, but two of them don't because the chip was so complex, then what they do is instead of throwing it away, they go in and they they just cut off um, you know uh, six more of them to make it a 24 core GPU. And yeah. same thing with the Ultra. You know, if it's a, if one side or the other, and this is where it works, it, it gets kind of interesting because you know, say th- one side works fine with 32, and one side works uh, ha- has has a few that aren't working, they can you know cut down however many they need to make sure that it's forty eight cores total working uh in order to sell it as the less expensive version but I can tell you the yield of getting sixty four cores all working right is probably fairly small because the difference between the forty eight core and the sixty four core is a thousand dollars
1: ah yeah, whereas yeah, the difference between
0: right. the twenty four core and the thirty two core is only
1: $200. Right.
0: You know, so significant, yeah. um, you know, that that gives you a, a, an image into, you know, how difficult it is to make something that's that big with that many cores on it and make sure that they all work. Because when you think about it, what they're really doing, in a sense, if, you, if you've ever seen how people are, how a, a screen-printed T-shirt is made, they basically make like a stencil, and then they spray through the stencil or they, they press ink through the stencil in order to create the image well that's how they make these boards but they're they're doing it at such a fine resolution these things are literally uh you know nanometers uh thick pieces of 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 conductive material being put down onto this silicon chip um and then when they talk about you know it's a 10 10 nanometer process or a five or a three nanometer process that's the that's how thick the space is between the lines on that on that chip and so yep. as you're getting tinier and tinier, you know there's going to be times when you press everything through, but you know one of the one or more of the of the lines that you pressed out just didn't has a, a crack in it or a gap, and it didn't, and so now it doesn't connect. It does not conduct electricity, and so that piece of that chip doesn't work. But the rest of the chip works fine. And yeah. so um, what they do is something called binning, which is they say, okay, well we're going to have three different models of this chip. And if one part fails, then if everything works great, then it's the, the the super chip. And if one part fails, then we'll call this one the 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 middle size chip. And if two parts fail, we'll call it the the low end chip. And they're all the same chip. All they do is you know there was in the production process, not everything was you know perfect. So yeah,
1: this is this is why they work in clean rooms. That's and that's only one thing that can cause a flaw. Oh yeah. In, in the end product is is dust. But yeah, you think they, about the size of a piece
0: really of dust compared to the the nanometer-thick pieces of of conductive material on that silicon chip, and a piece of dust is like a like a meteor hitting a house. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's a it's a complicated uh, production yeah. process yeah. to build something that small. And because it's so small, and they do have to have pinouts for testing purposes mm-hmm. in order to make make these decisions about whether or not they they mm-hmm. slice the chip in half, or in some cases they actually disable the part by going in and like equivalent of cutting a wire. Right uh, is the way you disable it. But anyway, uh, they make little test pads for the for the instrumentation to come down on the chip. To make contact to, to conduct the tests, right? Before they can make these decisions, um, and sometimes they're visible in the pictures of the parts, but uh, they're they're pretty small themselves. But they're big compared to the components on the chip. You, you know, you don't want to stick a needle uh, test test point needle down on the chip in the wrong spot, or you can you yeah know, create, short things out.
0: Yeah, yeah, create problems. Yeah, and they do that testing before they then encapsulate the thing into a package. so that it's then protected but uh yeah and you think about it's like you know if you've got a 32 core gpu and one core doesn't work you don't sell it as a 31 core gpu what they do is they go in and they cut it down they they cut some some connections to make it a 24 so they sell either a 32 or a 24 and that decision Mm -hmm. of like is it 32 or 24 has to do with how it's you know how, how the geometry is laid out on the chip so where they can make the cut but also you know, what is the, they they do the math, right? And say, well, what is our yield? And then how do we want to, you know, do we design it so that, you know, what is the loss, right? We want a consistent part that's coming out. We don't want it to be sometimes 31 core and sometimes 30 core and sometimes, you know, depending on the, and so they make a decision and say, okay, if anything in this section goes bad, we cut out that section and it now drops it down to a 24 core. And so um, a lot of you know, pre-planning and decision-making and, and arithmetic to say, well, what's the best way to get the most out of each of these that we make? Um, yeah. Yep. So, you know, a- it's... Anyway, it's... It, oh, go ahead.
1: It, it's all the early testing done when you develop a part that determines the... Uh, right. Uh, uh, ...optimum ways to sell this and what the pricing has to be in order to uh, make it worth uh, producing. Right. So... All of that's determined way up front before you ever go into mass production.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's in the early design stages because they'll design where the cut point is in order to break it down from a 32 to a 24, you know, because they could have said, well, it's either 32 or 16, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, earlier in, in the, uh, I think it's the uh, the Pro chip, the M1 Pro is, is like 32 or 16, I think, I, and I'm not... Don't quote me on that, but it's it's lesser, you know, and it's and and so they said, well then if that one's, you know, cutting down to sixteen, like the original M one I think had sixteen, and they want to say then they then they want the the even the low end max needs to have more than that, right? It's very yeah. interesting to see that they all have ten core CPUs though. Yeah. Across yeah. the entire line, with the exception of the Ultra, which is literally two max chips, that's the only one that has more uh, CPU cores. And that one's so- got 20 yes
1: so so what what that goes to say is there's always uh there's never a hundred percent yield it's nothing right. that doesn't never never exists yeah. in this business yeah uh, but they do get better so, along
0: the line as they produce these things the yield generally goes up right they get yep. better and better and figuring out what they need to do to make adjustments in the process in order to to make it more reliable and so generally mm-hmm. speaking chips you know the yield goes up which means that they're um their profits go up because it's not like they start dropping the prices significantly. You know, chip yep. chip houses like Intel used to do that. Over time, the price would go down on chips. But when you're building it for your own computers, the price of the computers doesn't change because the chips got cheaper. You just pocket more money.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All of these things, by the way, the, the real determining thing is the what they call the, the chip size. These are referred to as five nanometer processes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when I used to manage chip production, they were clear up in the 30s uh, and some even 50 nanometer, mm-hmm. uh, but depending on the, the parts.
0: Yeah, well, they and, used to uh, not even measure in nanometers. They measured higher. No. <laughs> they used a different yeah. different scale.
1: Oh, 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 yeah, from the first development of
0: chips. I mean, mm-hmm. phenomenal difference. But Yeah. Anyway,
1: and, and, and I'm talking 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think when you were doing it, they weren't even using the nanometer scale at that point. I think they were what, micrometers or whatever was the slightly larger. The Yeah. Um, I th- I, you know, I, it's my recollection when we had talked about this in the past. You know, an interesting thing about this too, though, and this is going to be frustrating for some people, it'll be interesting to see what they do when they come out with the Apple, the Mac Pro, and what kind of chip's going to be in that, is that, you know, there are pros who say, okay, um, you know, I don't need... Any more than the 10 CPUs, and even the 24-core GPU is good enough for me, but what I really need is lots of memory because I have a lot of things that are, you know, the applications that I run specifically have a lot in in memory. But right now, if you want more than 64 gigabytes of memory, you have to go to the Ultra, the M1 Ultra chip, which kicks your price up like $1,400. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, because that's the only way to get more than 64 gigabytes is to get two maxes, which can take you up to 128 gigabytes of memory, you know, because of the unified memory architecture. And there's a lot of benefits to it because everything runs faster and, you know, and cooler. Uh, But a downside is, is it really does take away some flexibility in configuring your computer. You know, you can't come in and say... You know, I want 20 GPUs, but I don't care how many. Or I, I want 20 CPUs, but I don't care how many GPUs I have, right? Because I, yeah, I, right. I, and it just depends on how you use the computer and what your what your you know uh, requirements are. Uh, and that's one of the advantages, and that's why a lot of pros have liked um, uh, modular computers. You know, if if you have a sure. uh, the current Intel based Mac Pro, you could buy whichever processor you want. And then you could spec how much memory you want. And then you could spec how much storage you want. And it looks like, I mean, we'll see what they do with the Pro, but it looks like the world of Apple is now, um, because everything is is basically going into one package, uh, you know, on a a board, that that you have to decide up front. And there are certain configurations that you just can't get, you know. I can't get uh, high CPU, low GPU, uh, you know, max memory, uh with know in an apple product you know if i want if i want max memory then i have to get high gpu medium CPU or high cpu medium gpu capabilities period that's the only thing mm-hmm. that's offered so you know um that said that said you know right now today if you max out their max the 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 max studio which is the top of the line um uh computer in, in the current lineup in terms of processing power, uh, if you max it out, um, you spend $8,000. Now, the Mac Pro, which is an Intel machine, which is significantly slower than this, costs, um, I think, the starting price on a Mac Pro is, is higher than that $8,000, right? Yep. Yeah. Or right at that $8,000.
1: Yeah, somewhere
0: around there. And I'm looking at it right now. I'm on the Apple website. So the starting price, okay, the starting price is $6,000. So $6,000, you get a base Mac Pro, um, and that's with an 8-core Intel Xeon uh, with 32 gig of memory and 8 gig of, of, uh, of graphics memory and 512 storage. Comparatively speaking, the studio would have 128 gig of memory, 64 uh, gig of GPU memory. So, you know, I mean, 64 versus 8. You know, a processor uh, that's a 10-core CPU that blows the Intel processor out of the water. um, And 8 terabytes of storage, which is, you know, 16 times more storage than the 512 gigabytes that you could get in the Pro. So so for for you know what is it uh, 25% more money you get so much more computer it's not even close
1: by, by the way uh just before we got on the air uh about an hour before uh i posted a a break a breaking news item in the tech world and that is that uh, apparently covid has jumped in in shenzhen china yeah and the uh, Foxconn, the big producer there, has paused shut, the production. Shut so, the
0: factory down temporarily, yeah. So,
1: so to the, to those of you who uh, have ordered product but don't have it yet, you may uh, you may end up having a delay. Yeah. Because this is kind of a surprise. You know, everything seemed to be going north uh, on COVID, at least here in the U.S. Right. But but not in China right now because uh, –
0: Yeah, over the sig- weekend there significant, was uh, – over the weekend, there was some news about the highest uh, about outbreaks in China and the highest um, hospitalization rates since the beginning of the of the um, uh, whole pandemic. Um, what we don't know and what I still don't trust is any of the real numbers coming out of China. You know about how many people are sick. You yeah know. it
1: it was be it was it was assumed which right. because we don't know that during the original outbreak one of the reasons they didn't have it basically it didn't have a nationwide thing therefore they don't have uh uh the kind of immunity that we have developed all across our country uh because a lot of people over there never got it originally because they have uh, they just isolated them
0: yeah well you know? i i'm not and sure can... i believe that either i think that uh, they, they may not have the immunity and they certainly haven't had the vaccines but um, I think that there was a lot more people sick over there than they wanted to let out. They just decided not to let out. They kicked out all of the Western journalists, and they, yeah. they, you know. Well,
1: the the way you will find out though is is that since they ship uh, product of various types uh, all over the world from right. there, is when you find that the, the production has been paused. As right. It says here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But you are right. They did like you know like the original. Um, uh, city that they had the outbreak in. They basically, like, shut down all the roads into and out of and said, you got to stay in your house. They even showed some pictures of, like, there was a guy sick in an apartment building, and there was, you know, they had soldiers standing out in front of the apartment building basically bolting the doors shut, saying, we'll send food in. You guys got to stay inside until, until everybody's yeah. either healthy or dead, basically. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> they have a different social um, uh, uh, contract there than we do
1: that's right so, so anyway i just wanted to insert that that's uh yeah break breaking news uh yeah well i would suspect today, that those so. of
0: you who ordered early and are and, and we're supposed to have it by i think the 18th <laughs> i would bet that the ones that had ordered and expected by the 18th are probably on their way already but uh but if you ordered and it was and the the delivery date had already backed up into april those may be um later in april or into may before you get them so yeah so well you know regardless of what their government's doing i hope that the people in china are um uh you know trying to be healthy and and, and well and i wish the best for everybody in in yeah. uh, shenzhen to uh to stay healthy and and uh avoid avoid this nasty virus yeah so. but you know
1: if- if you have a breakout of people in your factory and they have some enormous factories, I mean, they're just mile long buildings
0: and stuff, mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, like that probably yeah, parts and pieces come area, out at one
0: know? end and finished products come out at the other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, that, that, that can be a considerable problem. It's not like you can, mm-hmm. can, uh, suddenly replace these workers because it's tech work. Yeah.
0: Know? It's a skill. The, the assembly pieces are, are, are skilled trained, uh, jobs, but I will say this too that traditionally if you've ever seen pictures of them working on this line very often they were wearing masks anyway um because the type of work they're doing they didn't want to get any you know inadvertent um uh right. spit or breath okay. or anything on these machines as they're assembling them uh and they right. had you know air handling systems in these factories you can't just do this in a warehouse because um you know they 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 had higher level of filtration and stuff just because of the kind of things that they were doing the assembly on so to that yeah. end, they're probably better off than, say, somebody working on a line putting together, you know, I don't know, blankets or something like that. You know, it's yeah, uh, it's
1: it's and it, and it and it's hard to say. Uh, most of the uh, the work that uh, involves cleanliness and all of that, I suspect today is automated. It didn't used to be not that long ago, but uh, mm-hmm. in fact, when I, when I was involved, there was still. When you wanted to put the actual chip in a package, mm-hmm. uh, it required that the leads that go out to the actual uh, part uh, metal—I uh, uh, don't know what you call them—the connectors mm-hmm. that 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 little there were little jumper wires that were soldered from the actual chip over to those uh, jumper wires, right, uh, or, or to the connector wires. I mean. I don't know if I'm using the right terms, but anyway, uh, that was still a, a, a very much a clean room activity and right. very uh, tedious. People with magnifying lenses to look through while you're trying to, mm-hmm. to do this little job of soldering.
0: Well, most so, of that is done at T- uh, TSMC in Taiwan, so that won't be affected. In, in, in the uh, in Shenzhen, they're doing the assembly of the phones, so they're taking the the parts and pieces and assembling the phone itself. Um, and there's still like a hundred parts to putting it together. You know, you've got to put the phone, the camera assembly and the, the screen assembly and the touch sensor or the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, in in the case of the SEs and, you know, it depends on what they're building. But so it's, it's, you know, the next level up of, of manufacturing, but still, right. Still, you know, like we were saying, it's, 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 um, tedious stuff, and I'm sure they've automated as much as they can, but every time I've ever seen a picture, it's lines of uh, of uh, people, and usually it seems like lines of women. I'm not sure why, but that seems to be the pictures that they always show, uh, yeah, and, you know, in and these and factories this, putting uh, things together.
1: And this article does point out that it says almost 50% of the cell phone production is done at another factory in Henan province, so mm-hmm. it's 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 not the entire production that was affected right. in Shenzhen. So
0: right. Well, and they said cell phone because you know they're talking about um, uh, the one that I heard was the the you know because they also do the assembly of the computers, right? And so the one that seemed it was going to be affected was this new uh, um, Mac Studio. Uh, but I would imagine that you know anything that was new and introduced at the um, at the uh, most recent Apple thing, you know. They don't have a whole lot of, and Apple's not one to have a bunch of stuff sitting in warehouses either. So they don't usually have a whole lot warehoused. So it's you know, it's if if there's a stop in the assembly, it's not like they've got a buffer of stuff that hey, we at least we already built you know a million of them and they're just sitting here waiting for us to get them you know sold. Yeah, it's
1: it's, it says the stock was down slightly this morning Mm -hmm. because of this. So uh, we'll wait and see if that suddenly takes a dive, you know, then you'll know it's really
0: bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see. I mean, well, and I don't know if that is not necessarily even an indicator of how bad it is. That's just a indicator of how bad the people who are betting on Apple to do well think it might be. You know, it's well, more yeah, – uh, it, it, um, it's a measure of their attitude more than it is a measure of reality, which, you know, it may or may not be reality. Yeah. Um, but 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 that's the only place that you see an indicator here that's independent. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Well, the other place to do is go to the Apple website and then uh, go in like you're going to buy something and see what the ship date is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah. the ship date <laughs> used to be April and now it's May, hmm. You know, either excuse me, either they're selling more of these things than than one would think, or they're um, or they're not able to produce them, or a combination yeah. of the two, right? Right. So, uh, best laptops for battery life in 2022. Do we have any takers? What do you think the ones with the best battery life are? This is... Well... Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I, what I was surprised about in this thing is that Apple had uh, the lead in one and two. That, that didn't surprise me.
0: Mm-hmm. But the
1: third, third one wasn't an Apple product. Right. It, and so uh, I said, hmm, that uh you know, there's not that much differentiation. I thought they might have a a long run of uh-huh. things, but the thir- the third one is Microsoft Surface.
0: Right. Yeah, it's their and- Surface Laptop 4. It's not the um uh the uh what is it? They've got this I they're naming uh I always get messed up on, but it's it's not the one that's like a tablet device. It's the actual laptop device. Um, I would bet you – well, first of all, they're using the the most – the the, the really slow but very um, uh, um, economical in terms of power use, Intel CPUs. But I would bet they also have a larger battery physically.
1: Well, what they're going by, I think, is the claimed max battery life. Yeah. In the case of the Surface, it's pretty wide varying from 16 and a half to 19 hours, Mm -hmm. of course, depending on configuration. Right. So then, because it might, you know, cover more devices. Whereas for the MacBook Air, which is in number two slot, they have 18 hours for video and 15 hours for wireless web. Yeah. So I guess that means you just sit there constantly with a screen on for that video. Yeah. uh, And you can still get 18 hours, which is. Says so something about the screen. It's not just the, the yeah,
0: chip that's affecting it. Exactly. You know? the The screen is also pretty economical. Well, and and you know, just like in in uh, you know, there's been companies that have been caught playing games with um, their the um, uh, fuel efficiency of their vehicles. You know, in this world, there's nobody. There's not even anybody regulating what your claimed max battery life is. Some companies tend to be pretty conservative, and others tend to be fairly wishful. Um, Apple has traditionally been fairly conservative in their claims. Um, I don't know Microsoft's reputation in that area for their hardware in terms of the you know, when they're they're putting time out. But to be able to get, they're saying this is an 11th generation Intel Core i5 or i7. So this is not their low end uh, or an AMD Ryzen 5 or 7. So, the, but this, right. so that tells you this is not their low end CPUs either. This is actually one of their their standard Core intel cpus so um this is impressive but i you know i that then like i said then just begs you know a, 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 the whole article well, is yeah. based on on what the, they're reporting but then apple you know apple says you know for doing this thing or that thing like watching a video or whatever microsoft doesn't break it down that way they just give you an hour range um yeah you know and and nowhere in here does it tell you what the size of the battery is
1: Well, it does tell you the uh, screen size. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Like this is a a 13-and-a-half-inch surface. If you go to the number one thing, that's a 16-inch Apple computer. Right. Okay? So, you know, it's not an Apple's for Apple's comparison. It's kind of this overall... Best battery life. Yeah. Is basically, saying. Yeah. Well, uh, the, comp-
0: the more comparable computer would be the uh, the number two computer, which is the MacBook right. Air, because they have similar size screens and similar size uh, bodies. And although I, I don't know how much they weigh, I have played with the um, the the Surface Laptop, the not the the current generation, but the previous one in in the, in like a Best Buy store, and those are really nicely designed and nicely built. Laptops, they really are. I mean, if you're if you're going to run Windows yeah. on Intel, um, it's hard to do much better than that. They're they're really nice devices.
1: And, and and you know, I'm not quite sure why the Surface beats out the one below it, which is the MacBook Pro, which shows to have 20 hours of video versus uh, uh, the highest is 19 hours yeah. on the Surface.
0: Yeah. So um, and 17 hours of web. Yeah. yeah. I don't get that at all either. That makes no sense. Like so.
1: It, you know, yeah, we're giving that
0: we're giving that one the number three spot, even though the number four spot has better numbers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 let's just go through the rest of them. There's the, the Lenovo IdeaPad. Yeah, but that's five. that's
0: that's the Chromebook too. That's not even a full computer. So that's the Chromebook, that's- which, you know, the the Chromebook people will say, but that is a full computer. You can do everything you want, you need to. And I'm like, well. You can't really load software on it, you know? Well, well the,
1: most, the most noticeable thing is we went from uh, computers that had 20 hours or to 17 hours, something like that, down yeah. to a 10-hour product. Yeah. Okay? And this is an so ARM CPU like, as well. Yeah, and that was like falling off the cliff, you know? So Yeah. I, I,
0: I, <laughs> Literally so, half the, the battery life.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and in the six, number six spot, there's eight hours, you know? so we're we're getting down there pretty fast, you know yeah but but then, but then uh, number seven it says claimed to max battery life nineteen and a half hours so I, I, I don't quite get how they got these rankings uh, based on just that number. It must be something else yeah uh, so
0: yeah anyway. yeah I, I this this whole article just seems to make no sense to me at all it, it's it's uh, it's very confusing as to how they came up with these rankings. You know, yeah. um, it, 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 and they don't really explain themselves unless you go all the way to the bottom. Maybe they do. I don't know. I haven't seen that. But it's like, how did you measure this? Are you taking just what the manufacturer says? Because if you are, that's all marketing speak. That's, that's, you know, yeah. Well, it, from one manufacturer to the next could be completely you know bogus and there is i went to the bottom there's no explanation as to how no. they do this they just and and you're ranking things like you said number seven has back up to almost 20, 20 hours versus the the ones above it that had 10 and 8 i mean it just makes no sense at all
1: so so they're taking something else into consideration maybe in addition to the max battery life but that's not the the, the title of the the article. Or maybe you know. it's
0: a lazy writer and a lazy editor who just picked up a whole bunch of specs, put them together with some pretty pictures and and shoved it out there with a title on it and didn't do any work at all because that's what it kind of looks like. <laughs> yeah. Jess Weatherbed published this two days ago. I'm not sure I would put my name on it because it seems like a mess to me. <laughs> you know? Uh, it just does. Yeah. It, it, at the very least you need to explain your criteria for the ranking. I mean, presumably it's battery life but battery life as measured by what because uh uh-huh. you know uh, did you buy one of each of these things and then run a battery of things on them to see who's b- a battery that's probably a bad choice of us. run a series of tests on them in order to see which one's battery lasted longer or did you just look at specs online and then write this up and pitch it to your editor I yeah, know. I don't know. It's on creative block, B L O Q. It's not uh, art and design inspiration. So, you know, I, I frankly have not heard of this company or this, this publisher before. So I, I don't know how much. Legitimacy. And anyway, they
1: they, <laughs> they, they, they do say they have a different list for, uh, best student laptops and best laptops for video editing mm-hmm. on, on, somewhere else. That's yeah. edit, editing 4k video footage. Right. So, uh,
0: yeah, well, and if anyway. you look at, like, some of their their uh, um, stuff that, you know, they they, they talk about, uh, you know, graphic design and digital art and 3D design. And so they seem to be more of a design-based place, but obviously a lot of that's happening on computers these days. So you've got to find the right tool for that. Um, but this is, I don't know. Yeah yeah anyway we'll go yeah. On. my feeling is <laughs> next <laughs> all right make yeah. it easier to read small print on your iphone ipad or mac no more straining to see that tiny text so before we even read it are they talking yeah they're talking about going into accessibility okay this is something i started doing years ago it's funny i was literally at an art show <laughs> speaking of art I was at an art show for a high school that I was teaching at, and the principal happened to walk by, and she was looking down at her phone, and I noticed that her text was easier to read on her phone than it was in the one in my hand. And so I asked, I said, "What do you? How'd you do that?" To me? And so she pointed it out to me how she went into accessibility because her eyes were getting older, and uh, and so uh, um, I've been doing this for a lot of years. When I first thing I do when I get a new uh, iPhone is go through and set it up for me, and part of that is going into settings and accessibility and making the text larger but this one's something different it's apple's zoom feature so um and this is new to ios 15 which means that instead of making the text larger everywhere you basically have a magnifying glass on your screen that you can move around to zoom on certain sections of the screen to read it better have you tried this
1: oh yeah oh yeah in fact, uh, I can't usually read the uh, instructions on medicine bottles. Uh-huh. You know? There's some really small print. And I bring the, the, the those things up in in conjunction with the camera.
0: Yeah, so the, I do that. I
1: it. it's, like, it's like a magnifying glass for me.
0: I've know? done that multiple <laughs> times. Snap a picture of something and then zoom in on it so I can read it. Um, I've also done it for, like, I've been trying to read, like, the serial number off of a television that's up on the wall. And so you can reach the phone behind there and snap a picture of it, and then you can read it as opposed to trying to, you know, stick your head in behind the television set that's up on the wall. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've used the phone to to read things that are either small or in poor lighting and things like that before. But this is different. They're talking about reading something on the screen and, and right. being able to zoom in on a section of the screen in order to make whatever's there larger. Right, so
1: right well, you can both change the size of print as well as what's on the screen, and that's a compromise because if you go too large, you don't get enough on the screen, and the words overlap and it's very unreadable, so you don't want to do that too so too to great a degree, but uh, in combination with the size of the, the lettering that's used on your phone, you can then also use mm-hmm. uh, the magnifier, but very often. Uh, I just try to get sort of a pleasing, uh, readable line. And sometimes I'll just move the magnifier with my finger, you know, Mm -hmm. as I go down. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you, 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 you missed one item clear back at the top and I didn't want to go clear to the bottom before I might forget it. And, uh, that's the one about, I I caught the guy who kept stealing my packages with this inexpensive security device. Do You see that one? It was, a, it was above the
0: chips. Nope. Go ahead, talk about it.
1: Anyway, it's it's nothing but a smart bulb, and what it requires of you is to have a bulb, or a, a, a light switch or container.
0: Yeah. Uh, Most people have a light switch. somewhere near their door. So, right. Yeah.
1: And and it, and it needs to aim down so that the bulb can look down. So sometimes you've got you got the little. Appliance that the bulb shoots up, and that's not going to help you. So, right. But if you've got that, then in it within a single bulb, you have a connection uh, from, your, mm-hmm. uh,
0: from your from your from uh,
1: your phone. And I assume it works for uh, Android as well as Apple phones. Yeah, because it's uh, not a
0: HomeKit compatible camera. It's it. You have to use the software that that's designed to go with that bulb. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's basically an LED bulb. I, I, re- I read the article the other day. So it's uh, an LED bulb that's, that you can screw in just like any light bulb. But through the bulb socket now, it's getting enough power that it also runs a wireless camera. And so hey. you, you can now place a camera anywhere you can screw in a light bulb. And it's a yeah, wide-angle so. camera, so it, it, it basically gets like a 360 view of what's around it.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. a 180
0: well. view. 180 view.
1: Now if it's in a can or something, then that might affect it as well, so you know you you need to kind of look at what you've yeah uh, you you know you've got to plug it into yeah and think about how how well the bulb solution might work um, the bulb looks like it's a fairly big bulb, probably a six inch long at least
0: so right it looked it looked to well, me like a very standard size uh bulb like a um uh, that you would normally use to, to put into, you know, like an outdoor light or a lamp or something. I mean, it has the standard size socket. You're thinking it's a little taller than that.
1: Um, it's, it's hard to judge. Yeah. I mean, it it, it makes sense that it would be a
0: little taller because you would think that it would um, stick out a little bit. Right. Right. I mean, if you've got it in a, in a, um, uh, you know, some sort of, um, uh, structure. You know, usually you don't just have a raw bulb hanging out somewhere. It's got some kind of a, uh, uh, protector around it or diffuser to diffuse the light. Um, well, anyway,
1: the bottom line to this whole thing, it's a $59 solution. Now, if you don't have anything at all, most people can afford a $59 camera kind of thing if they've Mm -hmm. already got the phone, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it, it seems to me that it, it might, uh, uh, be a good thing to look at and i was trying to find it's just called small smart bulb 360 all in one as one word Mm -hmm. and so if you're going to search for it that's what you'd search for and you should be able to find it and uh anyway it's a it's an inexpensive uh thing and if you're especially if you're losing uh packages and things like that that typically get stolen uh off porches then this might be a, mm-hmm. a reasonable choice, you know, if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on a security system.
0: I, so, just as an FYI, if you go to Amazon and type in smart bulb 360 and do a search, there are multiple resul- results of similar types of products from other manufacturers, some as cheap as $32. Ah, okay. So It's probably the same innards from China as that one, um, just being marketed differently. In fact, there's even one that gives you a camera that can rotate and and go up and down, so it can um, look around.
1: Ah, steerable, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you can much? place it somewhere, that one is thirty six dollars. Well, thirty seven and plus tax, obviously. Huh. So there's some options in that arena. But you know, you think about it, like you said, if you don't want to spend the hundred or two hundred dollars on a smart doorbell type of thing. Something like this is easy to install, literally screws into a light fixture. If you have a light fixture that is uh, near your front door or near where they um, would drop off packages for you, this gives you a way to sort of see what's going on there or at least keep an eye on it. And if, you know, a a delivery place has said they delivered a package and then when you get home it's not there, you can check your video and see what happened.
1: Yeah, now obviously you have to have power on to that bulb. Uh, in order for yeah, thing to yeah, work,
0: t- yeah, don't put it, don't <laughs> don't screw the socket in and then turn the light switch off, right? right. So, yeah. Uh, and I had a house sir. at one point in time who had that had lights out on the uh, either side of the garage, but the when they the, they built it in with a light sensor, so that there was no switch. The lights came on at night and went off during the day. So those would be absolutely useless for this kind of thing because there was no power to the socket during the day. Oh. So. Uh,
1: okay. Well, anyway, uh, there. Uh, yeah. There, there are pr- probably other considerations that you might look at. And, you know, because there's multiple ones you say that are out there now. Yeah. Uh, that might fit your application, but.
0: But the idea I, makes I, a lot of sense. I just said any
1: any under a hundred dollar kind of a security system beats nothing at all. You know. mm
0: Hmm. At the very least, you can find out if it's, you know, some random person or is it your neighbor? (laughs) You
1: know,
0: (laughs) if it's your neighbor, you can plot a plan to get your stuff back. Now, what you go over is, hey, my camera saw that you picked up my stuff. I appreciate that. You know, I was worried about somebody grabbing it off the patio. Can I have it back or or can I have it? Can I have it now? You know, Uh, I'm uh, now I'm home And, and just play it that way. So you're not accusing them of anything. You're thanking them for protecting your stuff.
1: Oh, here's another interesting thing that I missed. It says, not only does this smart bulb 360 let you monitor your home, but lets you record the video image 24-7 via built-in SD card slot. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't see any of the pictures here uh, really show you that card slot, but it looks like the guy on the video is actually putting the card or something in the, yeah. In the bulb.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of the small cameras like that have, it's not usually the full-size SD, it's the micro SD cards, um, right. but they that's, that's very typical so that they have their own memory, which does mean that if somebody sees that and steals the bulb, then you don't have any recording.
1: That's right, or steals your SD card. Right, <laughs>
0: yeah, but... Frankly, they'd probably just steal the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, it also does allow you to live stream the video. So yeah, uh, so that way yeah. you can get it on the cloud server instead of the SD
0: card. It probably also has a, a means of giving you a notification when it sees somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, either motion sensitive or even today, a lot of these things are using the same basic AI software to identify that there was a person there or a package there or a a pet there or something like that. Right. You know, I mean, even the cheapest smart cameras these days um, have the ability to identify, uh, you know, a car from a human from a dog. Um,
1: Well, and, and if Amazon's delivering it, they'll send you a picture of the package in front of your door on And usually, it's on some identifiable thing, like we have a mat out front, yeah, and so you know it you know that way they can kind of prove to protect mm-hmm. themselves that their delivery man brought it to your house instead of the wrong house. You know? sure,
0: sure, well, and you know what so, that's that's um uh, it works both ways. I ordered something one time and then they sent me a picture, and I looked at it and went, "That's not my place. Then I realized I accidentally sent it to one of my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> like, Doug, gun it. Yeah.
1: I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Not in my house.
0: Where's my stuff? Like, that's not even my house. (laughs) And then I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I recognize that front door. (laughs) (laughs) So then I double-checked and saw Uh, the delivery address and went, oh.
1: Okay, problem solved.
0: Yeah. Like, not your mistake, mine. Uh,
1: That's hard to... Hard to take, isn't it, when you got proof that you made a mistake?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, you know, it doesn't happen often. I've gotten more used to it, but my daughters use the same Amazon account as I do. Um, Even though they're they're adults, they have they don't pay for their own Amazon account, and uh, uh, they probably should, you know, at this point. But you know, they're young and still don't really have, you know, the. Frankly, the alternative would be no Amazon account that that's the alternative, right? Is because they wouldn't do they just wouldn't do it, but uh 'cause they're not gonna spend that money. Um which by the way that just went up too for those of you who are Amazon Prime people. Uh your your Amazon Prime accounts just went up. Are you still there? I'm there, yeah. Okay, I got a little weird ping saying I lost connection from you but now it's back.
1: Well I, I heard a silence there for a brief moment
0: so I yeah. it affected me too. Yeah. So So, but yeah, the Amazon, you know, if you're an Amazon prime member, you're going to be paying an extra, um, I think $20 this next year for your Amazon prime, like everything else, it's all going up. So anyway,
1: uh, I discovered the, uh, uh, and I'd heard of it. I was aware of it. Apple has this forums thing. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting, uh, uh, thing. And of course Hey, I noticed the top article right here. General discussion is the Shenzhen shutdown hitting Fox. Yeah, (laughs) Foxcom. Anyway, it's it's always current, and they have the different categories for hardware, mobile, software, investors, and whatever articles that people post on uh, forums.appleinsider.com. But. Uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing to keep up as a web page to kind of see what's going on in Apple on a, almost an hourly basis, you know, mm-hmm. because there's always uh, if something's new, somebody will be posting there. And and I the other day I went in and read some of them and they were they were kind of interesting. Uh, so they, they've got lots of posts, like one hundred and twenty thousand on Mac software posts. So, yeah, you know, it's.
0: Yep, yep. Anyway. So the next uh, thing up is universal control and sidecar in Mac OS. Which desktop desktop extender should you use? Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because, I mean, if you don't know much about them, you'd think, well, oh, they kind of did the same thing twice. But they really didn't. They didn't. No, but- um sidecar essentially turns your external your extra device so like say you're working at an imac or at a a mac with a screen a mac mini or whatever um, you can use the extra screen from your ipad as an extra screen so it's just extra screen real estate you can have an open app and you can drag it over there and have it on just like it's another screen for your device Um, right universal control you still have your device sitting there, but all it does is say that you know, if you drag your mouse off to the side of your screen, it'll like pop from one device to the other device. The other device is still running uh, its own operating system and has its own apps. Which, um, you know, they they work differently, but there's some advantages to that, right? So you could sometimes say, like, look up something on your iPad, and instead of literally letting go of your mouse and your keyboard and going over and now touching your iPad, you could drag your mouse right over into your Mac or into your iPad and launch an app on the iPad and look up some data and then go slide your mouse back to your computer and then continue working and look over there to to then, you know, translate that data or use that data to type what you were going to type. So, I mean, there's. Yeah. Now,
1: now the Universal Control uh, isn't out yet, is it? Yeah. It is out now? Yeah. I haven't tried it.
0: Uh, well, let me say that. That, Wait, that. Let me refresh. I thought it was out, or is that the last thing that's coming in this? The, the...
1: I thought that was the latest uh, 15.4, I think, uh, on the Mac or on the iPad was supposed to have it so you have to have the latest you're absolutely
0: right yes it's it's ipad os 15.4 and mac os 12.3 which in this article they're saying is coming later this week it's on it's like fourth beta i think right now uh um, yeah so it should be available pretty quickly
1: so anyway it's it's brand new kind of thing and it'll be fun and useful for lots of folks i think
0: yeah yeah, well, especially if you don't have a large screen. If you've got a large screen, then you just open another window in your device, and you really don't need more screen real estate. But if you're working with a laptop, or um, you know some kind of constricted visual real estate, or you need a big, you know, you need to dedicate your your main screen to a an app, you know, say you're doing video editing or something else, and then you want to run. You know, uh, a podcast app or a music app or something else, and the other one you can do it in the background on the Mac. But you know, it's just if there's something else that you maybe need a screen, so you're doing like a, a video chat on one side and you want then a full screen of something else. I don't know. There's a lot. There, you know, I mean, I look at it as there, there. To me, there's not much of a reason to do it because your Mac can multitask and you can do multiple apps on your Mac at one time. But well, there, the the big, there might be the big
1: deal, the big deal deal that they. Try to point out is that on the pe- app, if you use Apple Pencil on your iPad, you can take your Mac desktop stuff and push it over onto the Mac, use your pencil on it, and pull it back to your uh, your uh, screen, and it's got the pencil stuff on on the device. You true. Know?
0: Yeah. If you're going to do any kind of markup or anything with your um, um, with your uh, files, then the iPad has yeah. some real advantages. Because of the yeah. pencil, or even just the finger, you know, right. you can use your finger on there to to uh, uh, make mark markup and stuff. <laughs> like i I sometimes will send something to somebody. Like I'll do it on my phone. It's where I do it a lot. You know, I'm talking to a family member, and I say, "Oh, you need this app, or you need to go to this menu, or something inside of mm-hmm. settings." I will do a screenshot and then circle what I'm talking about and send it to them.
1: Yep, yep, that's that's the handy thing about the iPad. Yeah, that that ability that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it exists, but you'd have to use it through a, a touchpad or something. I mm-hmm. I don't know if it does exist, but because I'm not a Mac much of a Mac user anymore.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, tell you something that I did just this weekend that where I I used that capability. I did a screenshot and circled an app and said, "Go get this app." And a lot of people maybe aren't aware of it. It's a it's a blue app with a white apple on it, and it's support. And if you tap on that, that app allows them to. If if you give Apple permission, um, you can basically get into a voice or text chat with somebody from Apple, and they can. You can because you're running it on the uh, the device presumably, or you can also talk about other devices. But it's just it gives them an insight into what you're doing. They can actually like look at your device while you're doing it. You can tell them you know hey I've got questions about repairs or damage or, you know, performance of my device, something's acting wonky on my machine. Anytime you're having trouble with this stuff, if you run the support app, you can then talk to somebody at Apple and they will. uh, How does
1: that get, how does that, that app, uh, oh, you're running it on that device that you need help with. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I'm running it on my phone, but I've also used Apple support to talk about like a Mac mini or something. Uh, It's just, instead of getting on the phone and calling, you can use the, the support app to um, To interact with somebody at Apple, and uh, ah, you know, and that
1: brings the audio into the
0: yeah. Well, you can do audio. Idea. You can do it as chat. There's a you can do it a variety of different ways. I suspect you could probably even FaceTime if you wanted to. Um, my uh, you know, the point I'm making, I guess, is you know, in my family, if somebody has a problem with a the device, they call me. So I, yeah. you know, I am tech support. I'm the first-line tech support for my wife and daughters. Yeah. But, yeah, but
1: whoever the tech support is still has the problem of communicating with somebody, and if you can see what's going on, it's better than having them describe it.
0: Right. Well, and, and what I'm saying is is not everybody has me. You know, If you don't have somebody right. in your family who knows how to do this or is a techie person, then use the support app. Apple is really good at helping people use their stuff. You know, they want you to be happy with it. And so they actually have very good support that will explain how to do something. And if, you know, and some people say, well, just go to the Apple store. Well, not everybody lives real close to an Apple store. And so the support app sort of extends that out. And it's very useful, especially, you know, during the pandemic when you couldn't just go to an Apple store. Um, You could still get a hold of somebody and they, you know, via the Apple support app and that person, you know, if they don't know specifically, they'll send you to somebody who specializes in that particular device or that particular area. And you can get really good help on how to make your device do what it is that you think it's supposed to do. Or at least educate yourself on on the things that, you know, surprise, it doesn't really do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Because there is some of that too. You know, sometimes people go like, well, how come it won't do this or that or the other? And it's like, that's not the way they designed it. That's why, you know. It's like I don't know, you know. It just doesn't work that way, but uh, you yeah, know, you go for it. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Any, anyway, uh, I'm moving on to the next things uh, regarding Apple new products, the questions and answers, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they basically go into uh, how it uh, still not like a Mac Pro in the sense that you don't have you can't get into the device. It's a closed device, right? You know, well, and they
0: they literally said in during the presentation that they have one more computer to go, the Mac Pro. So it's not yeah. a Mac Pro.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. So there's anyway,
1: been... so it's pointing out this article's pointing out the differences right. there uh, that you have to consider, and then a little speculation going along with it. You know. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, you know, if if as we were saying earlier in this podcast, uh, if Apple continues along their lines, then the idea of an extendable upgradable Mac Pro is also going away. You know, that that the Mac Pro is going to be just like a, you know, plus version of the Mac Studio. But the Mac Studio does something that Apple has not done since, you know, pre-Steve Jobs. And that is, give us a sort of mid-range desktop computer. You know, they've had, if you wanted something mid-range, you had to go to an iMac up till now. Right. You know, and this is the Oops! This is the first time that they've had a computer that, um, that while not extensible, is a desktop computer that allows you to configure it, and and that configuration can be, you know, one of well, a, a multiple different I, things.
1: I, I would argue though that a display and the mini were always a, a Mac iMac like thing, except they were more expensive because of the display.
0: Well, they were you actually know? cheaper because apple quit selling displays so you had to go buy somebody else's display and other displays right. were more reasonably priced because there was competition yeah so but there'll be those will say yeah but that was a very low-end computer the mini never was a high-end computer um in right. fact up until 20 they,
1: they had a mini pro though right
0: no they never had a mini pro until 2018 in 2018 they replaced their previous mini with only a mini pro, so then the only mini you could buy was the one in the dark gray that cost a lot more money uh you know the price went from a starting price of like four ninety nine to seven ninety nine and then but yeah. even then it was a uh you know it was what would concern it was it was a laptop level chip from Intel it wasn't a desktop high powered machine because there's not enough cooling and room in the box. And right. so it was, you know, for a lot of people, they didn't want to spend the $10,000 for a Pro, but the, you know, the sub-thousand-dollar mini wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. They wanted something in the middle, and they didn't like the idea of an all-in-one. And there was, you know, Apple did not have an answer to that. You know, within the within the the Mac world, they always called it the Mac X. You know, the Mac X the, the, would be this mid-range yeah. desktop computer, and the studio sort of fits that, you know. Um, yeah. I mean it gives them a mid-range very very capable computer it just doesn't have the extensibility that everybody wanted but I think in today's world extensibility is gone you know and and I know Windows Windows people are going to go no it's not I can buy a desktop computer and put anything I want in it yeah and you can spend three times as much and have half as much power in it as as a as a Mac Studio Yep you know So So I, I
1: expect that to be a big
0: big seller yeah i do too i think that's going to be a a a major uh move for them although i will say you know the mac studio display that they came out with um while it is essentially the same as the lg 5k that apple used to sell by the way apple dropped that from their store uh like the day after they introduced their competitive monitor um for for roughly you know in fact well I guess the list price is about the same as what the LG originally was but the LG was selling for about three hundred dollars less, and there's no doubt this is a nicer monitor than the LG, but how couple- did they
1: get the price out? How did they get the price down there? I I I don't know enough about that. To, I, I'm just kind of surprised that you can get that kind of quality monitor at that price. We're just not used to that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's roughly the same, exact same price as the LG, but in a much nicer package. And they've got a CPU inside of it that's managing the ports and, and capabilities. In fact, I've read a couple of people saying there's no reason that they can't, you know, basically run Apple TV software in the monitor all by itself, and you don't even need a computer attached to it because it's got a, uh, what was it, an A13 chip in it? So uh, same as an iPhone 11. And the the current uh, Apple TV has an A10 in it or A11, so it's you know it's more powerful than the Apple TV is. So, you know, and it's just a monitor. All it's doing is running some ports. Um, yeah. Uh, but the uh yeah and and the fifteen hundred dollars here was sixteen hundred dollars for the for the computer. Fifteen ninety nine for this monitor rather. Um. Yeah. I mean, for that level, I think they they, you know, they they've got a, a nice thing. But the the um. You know, and I think they hit a good price point. I think you're right. I thought if they came out with a monitor, it was going to start at two thousand dollars. So to start at sixteen hundred, uh, is I thought again. I'm with you. I thought it's pretty impressive. But to, you know, I, I don't yeah. think I could buy it without the options that take it up to two thousand dollars because the idea of a screen that tilts but doesn't raise up makes <laughs> you know no sense at all. I got and, you. and to make that a four hundred dollar <laughs> option is insane. But this is yeah. from the company that gave you a thousand dollar stand for their pro monitor, so you know, there you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the idea that, uh, in fact, I, yeah. I, the somebody was looking at the specs and said that this thing sits even lower than the iMac that that was that it replaced the twenty seven inch iMac, and so you know, if you're a very tall person at all, you're going to have to either set this thing on top of some books or do something else. They did say that the foot of the, the the default stand, not the one that raises up and down, but the default stand, the foot yeah. fits within the square space of the Mac Studio. So you could literally set this on top of your Mac Studio. Now, I don't know if that's an Apple-approved way of setting it up, but you could. <laughs> but
1: heat, heat sink, right? Yeah, and that, <laughs> raises,
0: that raises it up, what, 3.7 inches? Yeah. So, you yeah, know. That-
1: that that would look a little weird.
0: So would it? No, no more weird than setting it on top of like two of your college textbooks, which also probably cost <laughs> a couple hundred dollars and you know, a piece. You know, if you're gonna do that, you might as well buy the 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 uh, the uh, extendable stand. Right? Don't go yeah. out and buy telephone books. You yeah. Know? I'm just joking about the price of college books. There, that's where I was going with that. Is the you know, college college textbooks will cost you a hundred to two hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. But they're thick. <laughs>
1: they're not best. They're not bestsellers. You
0: know. No, but they're Most thick. College, they're thi-
1: college professors are selling it to his students. He needs to make all his money on just that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like one of the requirements for my class is you have to have my book, and not right. the last last edition. You need the new edition, so you can't buy it used. Right. The new right. edition is different. Yeah, uh, Kill two birds with one stone You you stay published Which is something that, that professors need to do And it's an income source Revenue source for you Force those poor right. kids to, to cough up Ridiculous amounts of money For information That you should be giving them anyway Because they've already paid ridiculous amounts of money To be there Oh my goodness And I say those poor kids I meant those poor kids' parents Because those poor kids don't have jobs yet well, some do. Yeah. Some do. Some work in college.
1: <laughs> anyway, now we're getting to the thing I was kind of most
0: interested in. And that is. A low cost phone. The iPad SE. Are yeah. you super iPad, excited? Is it SE stands <laughs> for super excited?
1: I don't know. Yeah. But, but anyway.
0: Uh, so it's another iPhone well, I, 8.
1: yeah i just don't know i just don't know if i need the the features yet yeah you know but uh at least it depends on what they'll give me as a trade-in
0: right maybe i
1: could if if i do it straight up you know
0: (laughs) yeah well i doubt it you know i was reading something the other day and of course for your needs you would probably disagree but it made sense to me that the uh the new se starts at 429 bucks if you look at the phones that Apple sells right now, they still have uh, a variety of older phones that are in their uh in their lineup. Yeah. And right now for 499, so for $70 more, you can get an iPhone 11 instead of an iPhone SE. So the 11 is going to give you it's it's granted if small is your thing, then the SE maybe makes more sense. But the 11 is going to give you a larger screen, Face ID, um uh it, it doesn't give you 5g but quite frankly i'm not a big 5g guy so i mean you know I, I don't see a need to move to 5g at this point um uh so i'm not that that's not a compelling reason for me um yeah you know it's the iphone 11 so it's got the curved edges instead of the flat sides but so does the se uh you can get it in purple which you can't get the se in purple uh, yeah, it's a 6.1-inch oh, wow. uh, Liquid Retina dis- HD display instead of the 4.7-inch regular Retina display. You get a wide and an ultra-wide camera instead of just the wide camera. Um, it's an A13 instead of an A15, but the A13 um, works great. I have an iPhone. I have an iPhone 11 Pro. My wife has an iPhone 11, and uh, they work. Great. It has longer battery life because it's a slightly larger device, even though it's got a light, slightly larger screen as well. Um, it's got better water resistance, and uh, you know. I, and I look at that and I go, for seventy bucks, I'm not sure I would buy the SE for most people. Um, if yeah. size is your issue and absolute dollars, you know, that extra seventy bucks is a, is a bridge too far. Then, yeah, the SE makes a lot of sense. But it it's starting to make less sense in the world of you know the prices for what you get. Yeah. Well,
1: as I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know when it comes to phones, other than just the basic phone and the uh, navigation
0: feature. Yeah.
1: That, that's what I use the most. Those two things.
0: Right. Well, uh, I'll tell you the the um, the height of the iPhone 11 versus the height of the iPhone SE. The iPhone 11 is a half inch taller, and uh and three tenths of an inch wider
1: yeah well see my my 10 is probably very much like the 11 right spring the,
0: the the 10 and the 11 are virtually the same size yeah so
1: i, I would be trading down I, I i wouldn't mind having a smaller device yeah I mean, i'd like it to get even smaller you know, yeah yeah I, I was kind of hoping the flip phone might make its stick its ugly head out but i don't think that's going to happen for yeah.
0: two three years
1: if ever,
0: well, you know what? My uh, daughter just uh, destroyed a phone, and I sent her the only one I had left that would that she could you know that would work with the current operating system, and it was the first generation iPhone SE, um, and so that's very tiny, it is, yeah. uh, and very light. That might be the right phone for you. It's four inch diagonal with the button on the front, um, and it uh, has an A nine chip in it. But it's a four um let's see how much does it weigh uh weight wise where's that section where they compare the weights uh okay, so it's it's uh over an inch smaller and uh and uh over a half inch narrower and it is weighs about almost half as much as the current phone that you have mm. it gets real tiny, so maybe a used first generation se is the right phone for you. Because yeah, it, it literally yeah. does everything else that the other one does, you know. It maybe doesn't do it quite as fast, but... Uh, anyway,
1: I'm just thinking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: thought maybe I'd go down to the store I, just to get out someday and go and see what kind of deal I could get.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's if, if you're not hanging on to the old device to hand it on to somebody for some reason, um, you know, then then you find out what the trade-in value is. And sometimes the trade-in value is pretty good. Um, I will say yeah. that yours was the original iPhone 10, which means that it's, you know, like three generations, four generations back now. Um, yeah. So your trade-in value is going to dip quite a bit, I would suspect. Um, yeah. You know, if you do it within a couple generations, you can sometimes be surprised at how much you get back. But, uh, you know, if you wait too long, then, yeah. then the the tech is is fairly old at that point um yours was the first one that had the face id i remember when you got it and uh yep i was i, didn't, I thought i didn't have a face id uh device and so i was you know until i had the I face id device pretty, pretty yeah
1: pretty cool until COVID hit right <laughs> right yeah
0: and then it took them a year yeah. to be able to turn it on with your uh watch
1: yeah, then we all got frustrated and said, "Whoa, this is a bad idea."
0: Yeah. Yeah, when they got the watch unlock working, then it was suddenly like, "Okay, now it's fine again." But that, you know, yeah. it literally took them a year to to make that change. Uh yep. and that was a pain. I was surprised yep, too just, because they had watch unlock on the on the Mac already, so you figured they got to have the core of the software on how to do that, you know. I was just surprised it took them so long. But I'm sure yeah. because because unlocking on a phone now means access to medical data, access to financial data, access to, you know, there's so much on your phone. They wanted to be absolutely certain that that was being done as securely as possible. Yeah. So I, I you know, going slow makes sense there. I mean, it was frustrating, but then, you know, I wasn't going out that much. The only place that the place that it frustrated me was the grocery store. Because I keep my list on my phone and I had to keep unlocking my phone. It was infuriating. So I was either, you know, surreptitiously <laughs> pulling my mask off real quick to unlock my phone or typing in my PIN code. Anyway,
1: yeah. uh, on that same uh, website that uh, it talked about the SE, at the bottom there's another article and it's comparing the SE to the 13. Uh, 13- 12, 11, mm-hmm. and SE, all all of them together. So it, uh, it's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you can go, It's if you've never done it, you can go to the Apple website and go to the phone page. And one of the s- options, when you look at all the phones, you look across and it shows you every phone they sell. The last option there, is, well, not the last option in the menu, but after they list the phones, there's a place where it says Compare. And you can click on that and then you get a drop down and you can pick which phone you want to compare and yeah. you can compare not only uh, current phones but also older phones so you can yeah, go but, back and
1: by know. the way this is not just one phone for 13 12 and eleven it's every model of the 13 12 and eleven you know so it's yeah. a lot of lot of phones here yeah uh, so yeah and and when you get to the bottom then it has the prices for each you know so i can see a the SE third generation for 429 and then it jumps to the 11 for 499 and the 12 mini for 599 and so forth yeah just going right on up you know so that's that's good
0: yeah yeah no it's a great way to do comparisons to say like well what makes sense you know yep. what makes sense for you and, oh, and it's got,
1: got their dimensions as well as the processor and the storage, uh, mm-hmm. all, all on that chart. So that's, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it, when you're trying to decide, it's not just, I mean, for some people it's just, well, you know, here's my price point. What phone does that buy me? Um, yeah. and you know, I mean, if that's your motivating factor, then that's a perfectly fine way to make a decision. But, uh, you know, for, some like for me it's like well you know i mean money is a factor clearly but but it's also well what am i getting for that what is what is the features and does that feature have value to me you know and yeah. so i look at it and go well you know yeah i want that and very often i end up you know either waiting or or just going for the 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 high end cuz i want every feature but but as time goes by, I'm getting less and less so. Because some of these features, it's like, oh, it's got a better camera. Well, my camera's already pretty dang good. You know, well, <laughs> it's to, like. To, 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 to me, the
1: cool thing about this chart is the display size. You know, there's a 4.7 inch, and the phone 11 that it moves up to uh, is a 6.1. That's
0: right. a big phone, you know? It's Well, it's because there aren't any borders, it's corner to corner phone. Yeah. You know? And oh. so if you look at the actual dimensions, it's only a half-inch taller and three-tenths of an inch wider. So it's not that much of a bigger phone. Yeah. So it's, you know, you go like, well, you know. And, what's... And,
1: you've, and you've moved down in terms of processor from 15 to 13. Now, whether that matters or not, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of somebody who's still using an iPhone 11 with the A13 in it, yeah, no, there's no problem. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know, and if you're coming from uh uh an iphone 10 um you know that's that's uh what an a um that's even older right yeah that's a, that's an a11 so so moving to uh an iphone 11 is two steps up so
1: <laughs> you know
0: it just again yeah it, I, the comparison's good because it gives you an opportunity to see the the information, the data, so you can decide, yeah. you know, what makes sense for you. Um, but only you know what's what's important to you. Each, you know, anybody who's buying, when you buy something, you know, what makes sense to you, because. Oh,
1: yeah. By the way, I, there is one other thing about the phone that I do like,
0: and that is that I really
1: want a better camera, and that makes it hardest to go back to.
0: The, right. The 13,
1: 13 supports LIDAR and that's part of the making the
0: pictures good. Yeah, I think that came in the twelve actually, which you can also still buy. Um but the um the uh the camera that's but, in yeah. the in the um in the S E is a single twelve megapixel wide camera. And it's it's basically physically very much the same camera that was in the in yours when you use the wide, not the telephoto. Um, you know, it's got, uh, uh, you know, a variety well, of different things like the zoom is not as good as the the phone you have now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Apple yeah. page where I'm comparing the iPhone X to the iPhone SE th- third generation. Um, you know, it's got like the, um, the more advanced portrait mode with more advanced bokeh and depth control. Um, it's got yeah. a better HDR, you know. So, I mean, there's been some software and, and some some chip updates that, are, you know, make it stronger in certain areas. But, um, yeah. yeah. that's
1: the problem is cam- cameras uh, are, are a big part of phones.
0: Sure. Well, and that's so. the other thing, too. You go to a smaller device, which you say you want, but is it going to be harder to operate the camera because the device is now smaller and it's harder to see the screen when you're taking pictures? you know is you know is this too small so yeah i don't you know, know.
1: I, I, have Have you ever been in a crowd where you see people holding up their ipad you know
0: i have it always yeah, baffles poor me.
1: cameras they've had poor cameras in the past but now they're finally catching up
0: right well if you've got the the, the last two versions of the pro they have the same camera set up as the whatever was the you know best iphone at the point they were released uh, right. you know, they've got the same three camera or two camera array on the back and, uh, and you know, the quality of the imaging is, has significantly improved, but yeah, I'm with you. It seems weird to do that. Although, you know, you see pictures of Ansel Adams, like, you know, with a piece of cloth over his head, staring through a camera <laughs> and he was looking at a screen about the size of an iPad back in the day, you know, with the big camera, the box cameras. So, yeah. you know, um, you could set up something like that with your iPad, I guess, if you wanted to
1: yeah well I haven't made up my mind yet but I, I've just been really tempted
0: yeah I just, you know well I'll tell you what uh, the, the the biggest temptation hanging out there for me these days is the uh, is a iPad that has an m1 in it because I really yeah. believe when uh, when developers conference comes around in and in, uh, in June and we'll see if I'm right or wrong in June so we've got a few months to go here yet I think, that they're going to say those devices if you have an m one chip in your ipad you're going to be able to some way boot it into mac os if you want to if it if it has a keyboard and a pointing device attached to it mac OS is an option on that device if it doesn't have a keyboard and pointing device then you can only run it in ipad OS but you should be you know you're going to be able to flip back and forth and things like the um we were talking about earlier the um um uh connectivity issues the universal control and sidecar will be able to work you know that's them already starting to figure out how to make these things work on you know and move data and information back and forth between the operating systems real smoothly and i suspect that that you know at the bottom of your your uh, ipad there's going to be an icon that's the little mac happy face and you click that your your device pops over into mac os and uh, and there'll be a likewise a button on the Mac OS side that you'll click that'll pop you back into iPad OS.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I just, and, and to me that then becomes the ultimate laptop because you can use it any way you want. But it does mean that you need an M1 iPad with with probably a bit more storage space on it because you're also going to have some Mac apps on it.
1: Well, and and you probably need a Mac M1 too.
0: you know No, I'm saying that you would run macOS on the iPad. You don't need a Mac. It will be able to be both devices for you.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, Apple has said,
0: repeatedly said we're not going to make a touchscreen Mac. That doesn't mean that we're not going to make a Mac capable iPad. They've never said that. Right. And That's right. and I believe that they've done that. They've they, you know, they now have, you know, M1 Pros and now even the the most ver- recent version of the iPad Air have M1s in them. So all that's left right. is the software to let it do it, you know, and we know it works because they're already running Mac OS on M1s. So, right. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, how conveniently can you switch between Mac OS and iPad OS based on what you need? And the fact that, right. they've met, that they have not pushed a pro version of their, uh, you know, Apple makes a couple pro apps. They have um, Logic Pro and, uh, and um, oh, shoot, what's the uh, – the video editing software, um, but they have not made a, an iPad version of that. Well, they don't need to because the iPads are going to run macOS, right? Uh, you know, so you'll use macOS when you need macOS, and you'll use iPad OS when you want to use iPad OS. Yep, that's. Uh, I really I was, believe that's where we're going.
1: Well, now I was wondering, you know, if we get to that, and if I try to load files that came. That are on already on iCloud from my Mac. Uh, it should be able to do that as long as I've got the app, right?
0: You can do that right now. You can go to Files and, and download files from iPad uh, iCloud that are on your Mac into your into your iPad. I mean, if they're uh, specific to an app, you'll have to have the iPad version of that, the app. But
1: that that's the only distinction. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do that all the time. I've got word files that are in my documents folder that are synced to iCloud and I can pick them up on my Mac or my iPad, yeah, you know, but there's just yeah. times when the way I want to do something makes more sense with them you know in mac os than they do in ipad o s mm-hmm. you know, like what we're doing right now, podcasting right now in ipad o s it's impossible for me to um uh you know have a a Skype call going back and forth and a recording app running simultaneous because only one device or one piece of software uh, is allowed to control the audio at any given time. So I can't have audio going back and forth in a call and recording audio at the same time. And they're siloed, so they can't, you know, the two pieces of software can't talk to each other very well. Uh, So unless somebody creates a... a, um, you know a virtual communication software like a Skype that has its own recorder built into it that works well. Um, you know iPad doesn't work well for podcasters, so you have to use Mac OS. Um, mm-hmm. You know now that's not to say that software couldn't be written in iPad OS; it just doesn't exist right now. You know, but if I could run Mac OS on my iPad, then I could do exactly what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Well. Let's just see. It says, things you never knew iCloud could do.
0: Things you never knew. Okay, that's one of the other topics, right? So, what is something that that I didn't know iCloud could do? We'll see if they can stump me.
1: Uh, Let's see. Backup files on a PC.
0: Uh, yeah, I uh, I have a PC that is set up with um, an iCloud account, and while it works, it basically dorked up everything on my iCloud account for me. <laughs> After I added the the Windows PC to my iCloud account through there, uh-huh. uh, then suddenly it, it decided it was going to sync all of my um, bookmarks. And it synced them alphabetically. So I had them all arranged on my, especially in my favorites list, in a way that I wanted them to be. And it forced them to be listed alphabetically. And I would go back and rearrange them again, and it would force them back to being arranged alphabetically. Thank you very much, iCloud on PC. <laughs> and so to this day, all of my bookmarks in my, on my favorites list, which show at the bar, my favorites bar across the top of my screen, are alphabetical. I don't know how to shut it off. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know how to shut it off, uh. and it drives me batty. I probably need to go back and spend some more time on the PC, seeing how what what is set up there, because it started when I synced with that dumb PC, and it has never gone away.
1: Huh. Well, anyway, directly share iCloud files. Well, that's
0: not surprising. Yeah, literally do that all the time, just talked about it. Keep
1: web and email data private.
0: Uh, that's part of iCloud?
1: Hide, hide my email. You can add a note to help you remember how to use this email address. Hmm.
0: I didn't realize that was part of the iCloud function. What they're doing is when you go to sign up for something and they request an email to do it as like your ID, Apple gives you the option built in to say hide my email and it'll create a made up goofy email account and then translate anything that's sent to that account back to your email address automatically for you. So if you don't want to give out your email to, you know, some website that you're going in to sign up for the service just to look at it, then you can say hide my email. That's an option. I've done that. Seems to work just fine. Hmm. I guess I don't even quite understand how how it works. So basically what it is is like if some if if, if, if I'm if I'm subscribing to a website and they say, you know, give us your email address. I have the option yeah. when I when I go in there to click on a button from Apple in, in Safari and say hide my email. And what it'll do is it'll make up a bogus email address. And give them that. And then anytime they send anything to that bogus email address, Apple then forwards it to my real email address. So that way I'm not giving out my email address to a bunch of places that I don't know about, but I'm just kind of testing, you know? If it's if it's somebody I trust and I want the information from that website, then I give them my real email. But if it's someplace that I'm just, you know, hey, I heard about this service, I want to check it out and see what it is. And then before they let me do that, they want me to subscribe. I don't have to give them my email. I can give them a, a bogus, you know, placeholder well, that, email. Well,
1: that that, that that may solve my problem here. I like. I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, you've not used that before, huh? No. So, an iCloud private relay—that's another thing that um, I don't know if people are aware of, but that uh, basically hides your uh, um, your uh, website browsing from your internet service provider. By the way, they're being attacked in the U.K. by several Internet service providers in court saying that what they're doing is illegal. I don't know that I don't know the laws in the U.K., but um, I'm not surprised because most people don't realize, you know, you're paying money to get your Internet service from, you know, AT&T or Comcast or whomever. And they're gathering information about you and what websites you search to and then selling that to marketers. And so Apple's allowing you to now hide what you're doing essentially from them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is the battle of corporate war warfare, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm going to have to think about this one a little bit more now. I'm glad I, yeah. I got this in here.
0: And then home, about- HomeKit Secure Video, I use that all the time. Uh, and it says they support up to five cameras. In the most recent version, they now support unlimited cameras uh, if you have their their top two-terabyte plan. Oh, I guess they they say that. Oh, I just just scrolled down a little bit further. It's keep web and email data private. And if you scroll down to read the text underneath that, it talks about iCloud private relay, hide my email, and HomeKit secure video.
1: Oh, I got got you. Yeah, Yeah. you went over to those sites.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't go to those sites. I just know about those things because I use them. I use all three of those. So I have a two terabytes storage plan, and I've got multiple HomeKit, Um, cameras as security cameras around my house and they record all that video out to iCloud and it's you know it's encrypted up and down to iCloud there and uh uh and so it's you know it's just secure video and so you know when and I've got it set up so that it recognizes like packages the camera on my front door so if it sees a package I get a notification although I've noticed that it's having trouble it keeps thinking that my doormat is a package because it sees a rectangular shape (laughs) so I either have to move the doormat or turn off that notification because I noticed the other day, and it wasn't doing it before, but it just started doing it, and suddenly now it thinks, I keep getting notifications that I have a package, and I go and look at it, and it's like, nope, just my doorstep. Okay. All righty,
1: it's almost 1 o'clock my time.
0: Yeah, we talkity-talked for a long time, but there was a lot of good stuff here, so... As, yeah. as our, as our Wrangler O things to talk about, you did a good job.
1: Well, I grabbed a few things I thought would be interesting.
0: Yeah, and, no, I uh, think it was. So I think it was. Well, thank you so much for coming and listening to us today. If you enjoy what you listen to, then please give us a, uh, a thumbs up or a five-star rating. We appreciate that in lots of ways. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks for coming, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.